Hello, Fleen. Hello, uh, Paris. Um, I just settled down into my chair. I was I was getting a beverage and a snack. Um, the beverage that I have is a seltzer water that is mm. a ruby red grapefruit flavor. And I poured it over ice with some frozen berries in a glass. I've got frozen strawberries and blackberries and raspberries and blueberries. And my snack is a uh, bag of sun chips. (laughs) I never think to do that. My snack that you can hear (laughs) is a Target brand small lemon poppy seed scone that only exists within the confines of my gaping maw they're so small they're so small we go so fast and i took what i thought was the last final small bite it was not i underestimated <laughs> the amount of time it would take me to consume it i apologize um that sounds delicious so i love that you put frozen berries in yes. your beverage i don't yes. ever think to do that it's such a good idea it's a fun treat and then you you can eat them it's a fun little sweet frozen <sighs> snack it's great. It turns the color that. of the water to like a red. It's fun. Yeah. I am drinking um, Cosmic Cranberry Kombucha. Ooh, also. yes. I like that flavor. Um, yeah, me too. I think, I feel like, I feel like you're the one who might have turned me on to Cosmic Cranberry. I could be wrong though. Could have been me. I I drink that flavor. I also really like the... Um, there's like a what is it called like synergy like a triple oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I really mm-hmm. like that one that one's really good the guava slaps oh like guava. hell yeah it does the mango one is really good too I wouldn't know I'm allergic to mangoes oh. <laughs> sorry I'm sorry it's good I I will tell you I'll give you a, it's a great a great taste but none for you yeah yeah well I'll just you know make a batch of walnut scones and enjoy oh. those. Yes, thank you so much. Just, mm. I would love that. <laughs> hey, you want to hear a joke? Yeah. Do you hear that? That was a fart. I don't know if you heard it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Probably just sounded like my chair. I'm really gassy. Please don't put that in the podcast. <laughs> Why do you mean don't put that in the podcast? <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe put it in the podcast. I've said worse keep things. It in? I think everyone's acquainted with your butthole at this point. I, I guess. Don't think, I don't suppose. think the fart is going to really deter anyone. If anything, it's going to draw in our ideal audience. <clears throat> in <laughs> well, my then, opinion. Um, I guess you're welcome. If they're not down with farts, like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you folks. Like, I, we don't want you. Well, there's a lot of farts in the book, novel, uh, graphic novel that we just read. There's a lot of butt uh, stuff. There's a lot of butt stuff, a lot of every kind of stuff, a lot of every <laughs> orifice gets plenty of screen time in <laughs> in the comic series Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples, which is what we're talking about today. Finally, it, it was a long road, but we made it, kids. We're here. <laughs> We did. We had to postpone this episode a couple times because I've had I've had a few traumas this week. Yeah, Paris is at a rough fucking time. Um, uh, I started my period today, and I was just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I don't have that. Um, not bleeding anymore. <laughs> Fun update. Anymore. Just, just cramping. No more bleeding, which is good. Um, but someone did sideswipe my beautiful new 2020 Subaru Forester, which is my dream car that I've wanted my entire life and just got this year. And then someone in a black car just just gave her a, a big old sloppy kiss and then did not li- leave a note for me. So that was wonderful. And because they didn't leave a note... It's now my job to pay for it with my insurance. So, what was the verdict on that? Um, I <laughs> I have to send in pictures. Sorry, I'm laughing because it's just so ridiculous. I have to send in <laughs> pictures, and um, they're like, "Great, yeah, absolutely. That is covered under your collision, um, but your deductible is five hundred dollars. So we won't pay anything until you've paid the first first five hundred. <laughs> and also, you're gonna need to drop your car off at this detail shop. They're gonna want to keep it for a couple of days, but you're too young for a rental car. And also, even if you weren't too young for a rental car, we don't cover you, so you would have to pay for the rental car regardless. But you can't because you're too young. So good luck, and we hope that you can find a way to get to work and back. What a fucking <laughs> joke, dude. I don't even know. I don't even know if it's worth it, my guy. Like, Just leave the fucking gash in the well, front of my I, car. I mean, for real, for real. Like, my car, um, uh, uh, I was parked waiting. I was like, it was like a loading zone or something. I was parked waiting for someone to get in my car, a friend of mine that I was picking up. And it was in a, an apartment center. I was parked like on the other side if there's like the road into the apartment center parking lot i was parked on one side of the road and then on the other side um like parallel to me was the um like uh carports mm-hmm. of all the people that live there and a guy was backing out of his carport and he just backed straight into my car oh. um and i i mean it was his insurance because he was there and so we just like exchanged insurance i called geico who was his insurer and um literally they were like yeah we'll take care of everything um we're not even like you don't you don't even have to tell your insurance about it and i was like cool awesome thank you um and this is in oregon um they covered everything i was given a nice rental car and it was like taken care of in like two days Wow. Um, I wish that would have happened to me. I'm just like, I'm, th- <laughs> I'm thinking, like, can you wait till you go back to Oregon? No, I mean, the, I don't I don't think so. I've already filed it as a claim. Fuck. And they've like, they're like, yep, send us pictures. And like, we're going to send you that this is the place that you're going to go get it fixed at. And like, I, uh, I just, I talked to my boss and we're going to try to figure out some time that I guess I will have to take off of work. <laughs> because I'll have literally no way to get there. Can you I can take with someone? Ah, uh, like, uh, uh, not a lot of my coworkers have cars. What the fuck is going on there in Pittsburgh? They like all walk to work, and also I. I, I could take the bus, but I don't want to take the bus if I have to, like, open and take the bus at, like, 3 in the morning. No. <laughs> like, no. no. Yeah, it's fine. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'm it's, sorry, it's, my know, friend. It's fine. Yes. Oh, but excellent news. I oh. mean, maybe. I called. I did. I also received a massive, very large medical bill. 
in the mail and I was really afraid that I was gonna have to pay that but I called them and I was like hey I I do have insurance for this and they were like yep you do we just didn't bill them so now they're billing my insurance and we shall see if my insurance covers me uh, and if they don't, then I do have to pay it. So I just have to wait to see about that. <laughs> it's like, I mean, Mercury it's like one fucking retrograde other. for you, dude. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> is going on with your I just cosmic. Feel like the universe has bent me over and is just fucking me in the ass. <laughs> Not in like a, a cute way. There's no, no. like spanking or they're like fucking like me fun. in the ass and i've just eaten a lot of taco bell <laughs> and it's not it's not good for anyone you know and you're just like shitting yeah but then it just goes back in <laughs> it's sorry. just it's a mess it's a mess <laughs> the universe has made my life messy <laughs> Covered in shit. Man, covered a lot in shit. of poop. We're just, we're only, what, we're 10 minutes in. A lot of yeah, shit. I'm so sorry, though. Shit. That's so miserable. Can I, can I add one more pile of shit? Just one Please. more? All right, great. My mom is currently um, not talking to me and, like, cutting our conversations really short because I am wanting to get the coronavirus vaccine and she is, like, an adamant anti-vaxxer so she's like like basically boycotting me and like not wanting to talk to me and being very rude to me because I an adult who lives on the opposite side of the country and pays for all my own bills and takes care of all my own needs wants to get a vaccine so I'm I'm gonna take it as a as like a as a blessing in disguise and just kind of just enjoy the quiet you know Man, oh man. Um, I mean, bro. I like honestly. I think that's the only way to go. Is like yeah. you just get a little bit of reprieve. Shit, you know. She always yeah. comes around. She's she, she does. <laughs> she'll she'll be fine eventually. But <laughs> just that's a, a whole treatment. yeah. That's a whole thing. I don't. I mean, what is she? What is she, what is she gonna gain out of that? Like. Like, are you guys going to be super close if you don't get vaccinated? Like, I... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to move back to Oregon and back into the house with her. <laughs> and then we're going to make matching friendship bracelets. I just love her tactics. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like suspending a kid from school that clearly doesn't want to be there. You know? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, she also was like really concerned that I was gonna like freeze to death here in Pittsburgh because she thinks that the government's like planning a um like big giant storm like to come through and and to take out all the power grids and like um it freeze us out, I guess. And I was like, Mom, like what are you reading on Facebook? Jesus Christ. That's so powerful, man. Like, That's so how profound. Much. That's so much. I mean, how difficult it must be for her to live in that world. She's got to be so stressed. I'm so I'm so like afraid that she's going to have a stroke. Like legitimately, she lives under a lot of stress. Yeah. It scares me. I mean, if like everything 
is against you at all times. Like if you yeah. can't trust, like anything. if you can't trust anything, I, I mean, that's gotta be a lot. So I, I guess yeah. I, I understand there is, there's no realm in which I agree with her um, <laughs> or, or believe that. Um, but I mean, I at least understand where she's coming from and yeah. like why people are believing stuff like that but it's sure just i mean so if, much. if all of her friends all of her her boomer pals are like sharing these things on facebook and like that's her friend group that's her circle and she's like seeing all of these things i'm sure it feels very real for her yeah um yeah oh i just just crazy man yeah i uh, i'm like <sighs> Are y'all bored? Like, you know what I mean? I'm wondering if everyone's just, like, really bored. Or, like, I feel like maybe, assuming most of your mom's friends are white, are white people, like, are they just, do they not feel special right now, you know? They need some attention. They need some attention. And maybe, like, you know, the idea that the government is against them, that the government is plotting, um you know like american genocide i don't know i i i mean you talked you when i talked about this, this woman the other day that was like masks are a way that um the governments are um, suppressing the people and you are much more docile when you're wearing a mask so you're easier to control and like it's like or or we could be in a real pandemic you know, we could, we could An equally crazy idea. Bullshit. Be in the it's middle the government. of a pandemic. So a lot of old people, especially people's loved ones, like real human beings, are dying by themselves in the hospital because their loved ones can't see them. Um, and so that's why it's important to wear masks, everyone, because we're helping slow the spread um, for people who will most likely not survive getting the virus. Also, we're all, um, you know, lacking in resources. It's just, maybe, maybe that's actually what's happening is a real pandemic. Um, oh my God, I poured way too much seltzer in my, in my cup. It's okay. I mean, like, poured too much kombucha in my throat. <laughs> there's a lot of shit out there about, like, like different numbers and it's really hard to like know what is the truth i mean like that's something that we've learned this year is that like there's a there's a fuck ton of media and how how do you know if it's real or not because obviously my mom thinks the stuff that she's reading is real and it's like i i'm i'm sure that maybe an idea in there is real or it was based on something but like a lot of the facts that she's reading are not correct because they're just hearsay and opinion um yeah as far as like news um sources go like depending on where you get your news you can have a completely different story of what mm-hmm. is going on in our country and what is going on the in the world even <laughs> even even i am like susceptible to just like bullshit <laughs> you I know think we all are um and so it's like it's not well like I think it's embarrassing also... but it's not you're like no one's immune <laughs> i think we all I mean, maybe I shouldn't speak for everybody, but I think, like, 
we want so badly to know what's going on, you know, and to, like, feel like we're in some sort of control. So I'm sure, like, people like my mother feel more in control when they believe, like, you know, like, oh, it, it's the government. Like, I have something tangible to blame, mm-hmm. you know, rather than, like, the actual realization that there's a global pandemic that we can't see with our, you know, like, we can't see the virus with our own eyes, but yet it still exists, right? Yeah. And I think it's kind of harder maybe for her to grasp how terrifying that is, and it might be easier for her to, like, blame it on, like, the Democrats. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. It's so much easier cognitively to, like, have something to blame or something to reason with than just living Mm -hmm. with the existential dread of like Mm -hmm. what the fuck is going on um Mm -hmm. and you were saying something earlier about how like there could be a kernel of truth but it's not the correct context that like people think it is like like well because so for example my mother sent me this article that was like this many people died after getting the coronavirus vaccine right Mm -hmm. so she was like trying to like scare me into not getting it by sending me this article that's saying like i don't remember the exact number but it was like this number of people have have, are now deceased because they have had the coronavirus vaccine but then if you actually read the article it was saying like they were all people that were over the age of 80 and they like don't know necessarily if it was causation or correlation that they Mm -hmm. died after they received the coronavirus vaccine and they were like researching and doing studies on it so like there's more to it than maybe just the title the headline and i Mm -hmm. think she reads the headlines of things and then is like fact like instead of actually like taking time to read the article and like think about the article and and like read other articles and compare I don't think she puts that much effort into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's really tempting to, like, I mean, I love him to death, but Casper does this too. Like, he'll be like, hey, did you see uh, that thing about uh, Jeff Bezos stepping down or uh, from, you know, as CEO from of Amazon? And yeah. um, I was like, yeah, I saw that. And... Then I, I looked into it further. Yeah, he's stepping down as CEO, but he's becoming chair of the board. Yeah, he's, like, still staying. He's so still he's just, anywhere. like, in a, a, a seat of stronger power, just with less, like, uh, le- just more out of the public eye. And so it's, yeah. like, I know things are getting worse. Like, <laughs> And I didn't know until, like, I looked into it further. Or, like, or, you know, Casper will be like, I saw this article today that said this, this, and this. And I'll be like, well, what does that mean? And he's like, I don't know. I didn't read it. And it's like, well, <laughs> I mean, like headlines are made to be clicked. <laughs> like yeah. these companies, like news sources make money. They make a shit ton of money in ad revenue. And so like the headlines they don't need the headlines to be completely accurate or to provide context um and so just the whole thing and um i mean i'm guilty of this too obviously but yeah um, i mean it's much easier and there's so much information it can feel so overwhelming to to someone who wants to be responsible with the media and news that they consume they want 
to have factual um, sources. But I mean, how could you possibly when there's just like millions of new data just being like bloated onto the internet every second about yeah. every topic imaginable? How can you possibly tackle the um, like the goal of getting everything correct and knowing everything that's going on at the time that it happens? And like it's yeah. it can feel really overwhelming. So it of course it's a lot easier to just like look at a headline and be like that's what's happening yeah. or whatever yeah I <sighs> <laughs> my thoughts exactly <sighs> should wow. we talk about saga I think so is it fantasy time I think it's fantasy time great oh my god I almost forgot um before we get into anything, Paris, I want to address um, that we've gotten we've gotten some messages uh, on Instagram. Specifically, we've gotten one message. Lee says, "Loved your talk about practical magic. Sad you don't appreciate Aiden Quinn. He is kind of a Harrison Ford, really. Would you tr- <laughs> would you try them?" <laughs> Would you try the movie Benny and June? Young Johnny Depp is so delightful in this movie. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I am a huge fan of Young Johnny Depp, 100%. So um, we, we have a movie request. We got feedback on the Practical Magic um, <laughs> episode. Thank you, Lee. Um, Lee happens to be my grandmother. So thank you, Mama, for <laughs> DMing us wow. on our podcast um, uh, Instagram account, our very professional. That's amazing. <laughs> but I just wanted to make sure that um, you knew about that, Paris. So wow. we'll consider it. Yeah. Thank you so much for DMing us. Thank you. And thank you, everyone else who has DMed us. Um, Keep DMing us. Yeah. We really like it. It's awesome. If you send us a particularly spicy DM, we'll absolutely share it on the show. Oh, yeah. Totally. And I mean, spicy yeah. is subjective, so really it's up to us <laughs> <laughs> to decide the level of spice. <clears throat> but yeah. Uh... Do you like boys with wings or maybe horns or tails? Maybe you're into scales. Perhaps you want to be the queen do you find yourself attracted to fictional characters like maybe vampires do werewolves make you cream then welcome to our podcast this is the place for you freaks and geeks are welcome and weebs will take you to fantasy time starts now set sail to a land of books and joy and big day so this week and last week, last week too, I feel like yeah. we, we've been reading the comic series, uh, comic series, the comic, the, the comic, the graphic novel series, <laughs> Saga, S-A-G-A by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. Brian K. Vaughn is a fucking legend. 
in um, the world of comics. He only has like five or six series, but his writing is just so fucking good. And his storytelling is so fucking good. And um, the relationships he like fosters with the artists that he works with really just like makes all of his works and collaborations so strong and powerful. And Fiona Staples, who um, co-created this, is like one of my favorite artists. And mm-hmm. it's so fucking good. Yeah. So so Saga is a uh, it's an epic. Uh, like space fantasy romance epic story. <laughs> I don't really know what to call it. Uh, yeah, it's an epic ro- space romance. I yeah. agree. It's That's an, a great description. It's an epic fantasy space romance. It's an epic yes. space fantasy romance, which we love here. We it's it's a fantasy romance at its core, but also it it's so much more than that. So this story um, uh, is centered around Marco and Alana. They are star-crossed lovers from two separate cultures. Alana is from the planet Landfall. Um, where many of its residents have um, wings of all different wings. types. Bird wings, butterfly wings. Bat wings. Bat wings, bug wings. Uh, wings of all shapes and sizes. And Marco, her beloved, is from Landfall's moon, Wreath, I think. Yes, yes. Wreath. Um, and he, his people, have horns. So the wings and the horns. Uh, and uh, the horn folks also can do magic. They also have like, like this spiritual magic wings. connection. Or maybe horns. <laughs> Let's play that do again you? real quick. Boys with wings or maybe horns or tails. Maybe you're into scales. Do you like boys with wings? Or maybe horns? Horns or tails. I don't know why I'm whispering that. Oh, I sh- maybe you're just, in like, the scales. <laughs> maybe or tails. Or tails. I mean, all of those things are in this. It's got it all. It's got it all. So, <laughs> landfall and wreath. They're at war. They're at this in constant perpetual war. War that has um, spread throughout the universe. So. At first, it took place on both Wreath and Landfall, and then it has since spread as they've picked up allies and adversaries um, on both sides, and now it has spread to other planets in the universe. So now both Wreath and Landfall are kind of more distant, but the feud between wings and horns um, still lives on. So Alana and Marco are both um, soldiers. Alana... um, was this kind of like I don't know kind of shitty soldier but she needed to (laughs) enlist because her father um remarried someone that was very close to her age and she had just like a terrible home life so she enlisted and then Marco is like this badass um like warrior who is like a closet pacifist so they meet um he's also like a crazy like 
fighter. Like, he's, like, murdered a lot of people yeah. but doesn't want to anymore. He's, like, incredibly talented, skillful um, warrior, but he's like, yeah, I, I can't I can't kill any more people. So he keeps trying to pursue, um, you know, pacifism. Is that a word, pacifism? I feel like that's a sure. word. Anyway, uh, they meet. Marco <laughs> is a, a POW. And uh, he's trying to, you know, surrender, be a good, good boy, and not kill anyone anymore. Alana has been reading this uh, romance, this fantasy romance about two um, people from different species, like a quarry rock man, <laughs> like an acronym, love, and uh, <laughs> like a fey woman, pretty much. Yes. Uh, and she's just he's like, like the thing from Fantastic Four. Yes, yeah, he is like the rock man <laughs> from Fantastic Four. The thing, isn't that his name? Is it? Yeah, it's the thing from Fantastic Four. The thing, Fantastic Four. He's like an orange. Correct. Cro- it's rock very much like Shrek. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Alana's reading this book, and uh, she befriends Marco, and uh, but the they both bond over the message of the book, which is essentially like pacifism of like war. There are all these themes in the book. Um, and they fall in love and they escape. They run away together only to find out that Alana is pregnant, which is unheard of because those cultures don't clash. They don't even know if they can have children. They've been told that if they do like have children together, they'll be like horribly, um, mutilated and mangled. Yeah. They, they won't, they won't have a successful birth. Yeah, but the first page of the novel tells us otherwise because Alana squirts out this beautiful <laughs> horned and winged baby. Um, and that is where, that's where our story begins. Uh, it's such a fucking treat. Did you finish yeah, it? I did. I did. I read the whole thing. How is your heart feeling? I... I'm so sad. Yeah. But I am I am hoping that there's more. I mean, because this is I compendium think, one. Yeah, I think this is the halfway point of the story from the research that I've done. I believe that Brian and Fiona are working on it. And um, I think this is like the halfway point. So um, <clears throat> the this, this story is about their journey, um, uh, becoming parents. Brian wanted to write this story. The author wanted to write the story because he found that people's eyes would glaze over when he tried to discuss parenthood with other people. They just wouldn't, they were like not interested. So he funneled all of his excitement and trepidation and passion, um, about being a, a parent and, you know, loving someone and loving a child. And he put it into this, like, epic high action story um Mm -hmm. and so i don't even know like there's so there's so much i don't even know where yeah well it's huge it's like multiple comics in this one giant book that fallon and i both have it's saga compendium one and it weighs like seven pounds like it's She's a hefty gal. She's a hefty Um, gal. Yeah, you can buy an individual, um, uh, like, comic books, and then you can buy it in three. There are three different books that they call them, like book one, book two, book three, that are um, compilations of the comics. And then you can buy the compendium, which is a compilation of 
the books that are compilations of the comics. So we have Mm -hmm. the fat stack. We have the whole entirety of the story that is available right now in one printed soft cover book. Yes. Um, But yeah, so uh, in the story, it's it's a lot about relationships and the people that they um, kind of gathered along the way, the people that they lost, the... Mm -hmm. um, repercussions um what's the word the consequences of violence and war and um it's diverse as fuck (laughs) it is which is great and i really appreciate it when did this come out you know a lot more about this than i do oh i think this came out i'm gonna say 2008 but i know i'm wrong let's see uh, Saga was first released in uh, March of 2012. Mm. Yeah. And so it's, and then I think it ended, like they took their break in 2018. <clears throat> gotcha. So they haven't had anything new with the story since no. 2018? No, but I know that they're working on it and I think it's coming yeah. soon. I'm sure it will take a, a while. I mean, like, the art is so gorgeous. Oh, and like, I was, when I was reading this, because... The only other graphic novel I've read, you also recommended to me. It was like about a pumpkin patch. Oh yeah, <laughs> pumpkin heads, how cute! It was really cute, but it was really small. And then I read this, just the first comic of this series, um, at like the beginning of the summer, and I so I have that. And then I got this like whole the compendium one for Christmas. Yeah. So this is my first graphic novel that I've ever read, like the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. and. I was really just in awe of like the detail of this art like it it must have taken so long to draw all of these I mean like obviously it's been spread out over a couple of years but like it's so beautiful and I love um the facial expressions and like the um the different creatures it's just it was such a treat but I was I was so um, amazed at like how much time they must have put into this. Yeah, yeah, it's like truly. I mean, if your job is to make the art, like mm-hmm. it, it, she has ways of streamlining in the um, in the book sets that I, which is how I first read it. I read it in the in the books, the individual books, not mm-hmm. the um, comic volumes, but like the hardback, uh, hardcover mm-hmm. books. Um, they would give you little um snippets at the end of their process and so uh brian brian knows the entire story of saga like it's in his head uh he Mm -hmm. knows how it ends and so he you know every um i want to say episode or whatever um he would send her the script that was outlined based on like panel by panel. So like the little picture chunks, like he knows what each panel he wants to have in each panel. And then Fiona mm-hmm. collaborates with what it, that actually looks like in like oh, visuals. So cool. And so she'll start with sketches first. She'll do like mock-ups of the panels. And like, you know, if Brian wants to include a new character, then she'll um, sketch out what that character might look like within the parameters that he set or be like, no, absolutely not. I will not kill off that character. You're going to have to figure out something else. Sorry. Um, Wow. And then, so, like, then she'll do uh, line work. I believe she does, yeah, line work first. um, And then does her coloring um, over that. So it's, like, I think it's an organized process, but it's a lot of layering. 
still. Yeah. Like. Well, I, I really loved it. I mean, the, like, like I said, this is the first graphic novel that I've ever read, and I enjoyed the experience so much, and I really want to read more. Like, I, I, I want to read other graphic novels. Like, it was so much fun, because, like, I don't, I don't even remember the last time I read a picture book. You know, maybe to, like, the kids that I um, used to nanny for, but I was, like, 14. So it's been a really long time since I've, like, picked up and read a picture book, and it was so fun and so magical. And, like, when you're a kid and your parents read to you and there's a, like there's drawings and art in the story, like, it's so much fun. And I remember, like, looking at, you know, whatever image or, like, little drawing there was, like, while my mom or my dad, actually, I don't think my dad ever read to me, my, while my mom was, like, reading to me, mm-hmm. and it was so great, and it was just, like, it kind of, reading this and having all the art, it made me feel like a little kid again, <laughs> I really enjoyed it, it was so much fun, I mean, this is a very mature topic and, like, very mature um, graphic novel, but, like, I... I just felt like a like a kid the whole time. It was it, great. It really, yeah. It does feel like something new, even if you've read comics before and like a really good, well done comics too. Like I used to read the Walking Dead comics when I was mm-hmm. in middle school or high school, um, and those were also very graphic. Um, but like, there's something about the brightness of this story about like the vivid worlds that are created that like mm-hmm. it, it feels it feels exciting it feels new it's like nothing I've ever read before like it's such a unique it has such a unique quality to it and I just yeah. I agree like it it just feels so good um there is a lot of graphic violence nudity sex, language, all of the above. Like, this is my, like, wet dream of a book. (laughs) I knew it. The whole time I was reading this, I was like, oh, my God, they could not have made something more perfect for Fallon. Like, this this is, like, Fallon's Bible. Like, her bread and butter. It really is. Like, I was – Casper's brother, Duncan, shout out to Duncan, gifted this book to me for Christmas, and I cried on the couch. I was not expecting it at all, and I just, like, this is such a precious, precious story to me. We have, uh, like, slightly Asian-looking dude with horns and magic and, like, badass fighting skill who, like, just wants nothing more than to be a lover, not a fighter, marrying mm-hmm. this brown woman with little cute wings who is such a fucking <laughs> badass and then having their weird little hybrid baby who turns into just like this awesome sweet character and mm-hmm. i just and uh, the representation of people yeah. of color of creatures of all different types of like personalities and motives and sexualities like, it's so diverse what did you say and like i said and like sexualities like there's a lot of like yes. lgbtq incorporation as well yes and it's also seamless it's not like on the nose like okay yeah I need to include, you know, this this black person. Okay, there's no I need capital to... B black. <laughs> there is, there's no capital anything. It's nope. all lowercase. It all fits in. Like it's just. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. They just they introduce every character in this book 
like, well, this, are we calling it a book? Yeah, I'm going to call it a book because we have it in book form. (laughs) They, they introduce everyone with like equal respect. You know, there's no like, it's, it's like not, they're not pointing anybody out because like, oh, and here's our gay character. It's just like, they're just introduced as like not a human because they're, they're not humans, but they're just introduced as like people, creatures, beings. And then you find out more about them as the story goes on. It's not their defining characteristic because they're like a person of color or a person who is like an LGBTQ person. It's, I just, I thought it was so beautiful the way that they integrated all of that into this book. Totally. It's so graceful. I, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. And it's never like, don't forget, they're gay. It's like, don't forget, they love each other. And when one of them dies, it's going to be so fucking heartbreaking for everyone involved. Don't you ever forget that. You know, like, it's, it, mm-hmm. I, wa- I want to know, Paris, what were your mm-hmm. thoughts about the story? What did you like? What did you not like? Wait, how did you feel about it? I want to know all of it. Sure. Um, I, I was, I've never really been a, a big space fan. Yeah. That sounds weird, but, like, I never watched Star Wars when I was a kid, and I've seen Star Wars, and I I couldn't, I, I don't even think I could name two of the Star Wars movies. Um, there's, like, a, there's a what? There's, there's, uh, Emperor of the Sith, is that one? Oh, honey. No, 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 no. Em- Empire Strikes Back. Correct. That's one of them. Okay. I just, Star Wars isn't my thing. I'm sorry. It's not my thing. I don't like space. Space scares me. The idea of, like, dying in space is terrifying. I've seen that movie Gravity with Sandra Bullock. It scared the shit out of me. I don't like space. Interstellar? No. No, thank you, Matthew wow. McConaughey. Like, I just can't. I, it, it, space gives me so much anxiety. The idea of, like, floating among the cosmos and, like, knowing that I'll never be back, able to come back home to my beautiful Earth and Oregon. Like, oh, just the fucking worst. I so learn something new about you every episode. <laughs> I didn't know that the, the, you had this deep, deep-seated, oh my um, god, fear and trepidation it's, about about the final frontier. It's intense, and I'm terrified of it. Damn, if like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know how there are people who like are putting their names on lists because they like really want to go to Mars and they want to be like the first people to colonize Mars. Yeah, you couldn't fucking pay me enough money to do that. Yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. I hate I hate the idea of going to space. So Well, unfortunately said that. for Paris, <laughs> this whole book, this whole series, all fucking thousand pages of it, takes place nowhere else than mostly space. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. So I was a little worried at first. But I actually really did enjoy this. Um I think because the characters are so rich and funny and exciting and sexy and scary that I just was so wrapped up in the story and the characters themselves that I I kind of just like forgot um, about my hatred of space. Wow. Um, <laughs> I I I like Marco. Also, I know that you love Marco. Mm. Um, 
I think he's a very, very sweet man. I, I don't think I love him as much as you love him. Mm-hmm. I want to know why he is like your ultimate wet dream character. I honestly, I think a lot of it is I just like vibe with his look. Um, I aesthetically, <laughs> like, like physically, I'm just very attracted to this character. Um, I sure. like his horns. I like his look. I like all of it. But also, I think I, I like, I like nice guys. And Marco's a nice yeah. guy. You know, he's like, I love a good father figure. Like, he's very sweet um, mm-hmm. with his kid. He's very sweet with Alana. Um, he gives her crazy orgasms, you know, like I, he's just such a good noodle. I yes, love he's him. ultimate good, good boy. He is the ultimate good boy. And I like good boys. I do. I can't help myself. Mm. So that's why I love Marco. I really liked, uh, Sir Robot. Yes. Sir Robot's, Sir Robot's a lot. He's a very complex character. Yes. But he's also got like a just a banging bod he does <laughs> robot is packing so robot's got abs for days stacks on stacks on stacks yeah yeah he does he's like completely lean he has no fat no body. body fat on, in that on that robot whatsoever and you like his and gray skin yes He's just, like, really pay. I think it's just because I really like vampires, and I just, like, vibe hard with, like, Edward Cullen's pasty-ass skin. And I was yep. so, so just intrigued by Sir Robot. Um, also, I love the race of robot people who have, like, different shaped robot heads, like the computer heads. They look yes. like old-fashioned TVs. They do. And I love, there's a, so, um, there's the Robot Kingdom that, allies with um, landfall with the wings Um, and the robot kingdoms made up of these humanoid they look like people from the neck down but they have like tv and computers for heads and Mm -hmm. prince robot the fourth is one of the main characters of the story and the royal robots robots of um, noble blood they have colored screens so they they can see in color and Mm -hmm. um robots not of nobility have black and white screens (laughs) i love it's so so good it's so good it's it's so unique and specific like they put a lot of thought it's just great and king robot is this giant (laughs) massive plastic. He looks like he came from a fire sale at like Best Buy. It's like the biggest TV on earth. (laughs) Massive screen. Just like, I mean, one of many of the most like creative characters. I love, um, you meet at some point a family of, um, horse people. So, uh, and they're, they're, they're in like the wild west. The mother is a literal centaur, but she's like a centaur bandit cowgirl. And the Mm -hmm. father is this black human man, um, or what we consider to be human. And their son is like, as if a human was riding a horse, like a, like a light skinned man was riding a horse, but his, his waist fused to the horse. So instead of legs, he has a horse body, but it's not the horse head. The horse head, is, the horse has its own head, but he's, <laughs> he's, 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 he
does. At first, I didn't realize. I did not realize that (laughs) that was his body. I just thought it was a man, like, riding a horse. And then I turned the page, and I was like, oh, my God, where are his legs? Oh, the horse legs are his legs. Like, it took me a second to figure out that was him, and I freaking died. I was laughing so hard. Oh, my God. (laughs) Fuck. I freaking love Gus. He's so cute. Goose? Oh, you say goose? I say Gus, but that's I like a goose. He's like a little yeah, a little seal pup. He's just so cute. And I love the way he talks. He talks like Dobby from Harry Potter. Yes. Goose is he's like this little white yeah, like a seal pup. He's definitely like this kind of um like water mammal. Um, and he uh, <laughs> lives on the fog planet and he herds these like giant walruses um, <laughs> and uh, he bonds with his walruses and it's like he's also a very prominent character um, and that character actually Fiona drew him and was like hey what do you think about this creature and Brian was like absolutely he's in like we're just going to we're just going to make a spot for him and he just became <laughs> I love that he's like are you lady folk <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> one of his best lines <laughs> yes. he's, he's just so innocent so innocent and he's such he's another just sweet good boy there mm-hmm. to protect there to defend the family unit so marco and alana they are um like universe's most wanted because their union threatens the profits that are being made off of this war essentially like they are a symbol of defiance and both sides want them destroyed immediately so their journey is basically just trying to survive day to day so their kid has a chance to grow old their child hazel Mm-hmm. Um, and so Goose is one of the the many characters enlisted in this this fight to maintain Hazel's sovereignty and um, to support the family unit. I, I, there is I, there is not a single character I don't love. Like mm-hmm. I cannot name one well, that I don't like appreciate, even if I don't like like their motives or I think they're gross. Like every mm-hmm. one of them is a good character. They're so rich. They're such good characters. Yeah, I agree. I love how badass Petricor is. Just nuts. Just nuts. And I love her, um, uh, her like prayer, where she's like, "Send me someone to fuck." Yes. And, like, <laughs> I was cracking up. I thought of you instantly. I was like, "Wow, Fallon loves that shit." <laughs> <laughs> this book so was good. made for me. Oh my. god. God, I can't even. Ay, ay, ay. One of the things that I really love about this series is that, like, it's a fantasy. It's incredibly, I mean, this is like, this is epic fantasy. This is like fantasy on fantasy on fantasy. It's absolutely nuts. And it's so, like, meta, (laughs) too. Mm -hmm. but it's also like this is this was the first fantasy story that I ever read that made me more appreciative and excited about my real life. Like other stories, the um, excitement and like the depth, I think rides on the fantastical components like 
mm-hmm. Court of Thorns and Roses. Like, Reese is so hot because he has wings. <laughs> and it's like, Feyre is a high lady. Like, she, mm-hmm. she gets elevated to nobility. There's riches. There's, like, you know, just epic home decor. There's all of this um, just, like, kind of grandiosity and mm-hmm. all this badassness with the fighting and just, like, being able... I think being able to have power over your own life, um, but in those stories, it's all because they're fae. Like, humans, humans have no chance. Like, they, there's, there's nothing humans can really do. The fae, like, overrule them. In Saga, like, I, like, these characters are, in the context of their story, normal. They're just, like, two soldiers, just like everybody mm-hmm. else, who happened to fall in love through a, a common message that they read in a fucking book. Mm-hmm. Like, it is more realistic in that way. It's the most yeah. fantastical thing I've ever read, and it's also one of the most realistic pieces of fiction because it's rooted in relationships and mm-hmm. like it's rooted in realism. It's treated like realism. And that, I think it makes me feel so good to read it because it's like, like in my context, I can do what they're doing. I cannot do what Pharaoh's doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think yeah. that this is like a commentary on like what's happening in the world around yeah. us. Um which is it makes it so relatable and also the characters take l's left and right oh um my God. and there's like so much uh so many things that like real human people go through every day that is incorporated to like every page of this book we have refugees we have miscarriages we have discrimination we have homosexual no, no, what am i trying to say um homophobia mm-hmm. there's there's so many things that like we see and deal with every single day in the United States in the real world and like having it incorporated into this epic fantasy setting I think makes this book all the more special because it is so fantastical and so relatable at the same time yeah yeah I oof yeah so if you're looking for I mean I guess it's an escape like, it, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, if you're looking for an escape, but you also want to feel like you're doing something with your life, I don't know, this book, this series <laughs> just feels really good. I mean, like, I think everyone should read it, personally. Yeah. Um, and if you're listening to this podcast, then you can handle the material <laughs> that it covers. <laughs> um, for sure. Um, but was there anything besides space that you didn't care for or like (laughs) could critique besides the fact that it took place in space. Did you appreciate the fact that they were in a, um, a A tree house house rocket ship? (laughs) Yes. I loved that. I'm jealous. Um, (laughs) I I think that that is really cool. Um, I, I I was surprised that I liked the spider woman. Yeah, um, you're terrified of spiders. I am absolutely horrified of spiders. Yeah, they are my worst fear. 
um, more than space. And I I liked her character. I thought that it's really funny. Um, she has like a line where she's like, "Well, and I told you to put it in my spinner hole, <laughs> something like that," and that like made me laugh because she's like a spider lady. Um, I I just was I was constantly surprised while I was reading this of like things that I enjoyed and um, the art and the context. Like it just I know I'm like sounding really vague when I say these things, but this book was so special I just I think I agree I think everyone should read it it's definitely well worth your time because it is quite time consuming it it's a massive collection of comics um but it's so worth it to read it yeah I think I take it for granted because I just devoured that shit like it it, <laughs> it it does take a while to get through like it it took me I think it took us over a week um with just like our schedules and stuff but um mm-hmm. yeah it ugh. It's so good. I honestly, I mean, I'm sure it's my bias, but I, I can't think of anything that I don't like about it. Like, <laughs> I can't think of anything that I can fault it with. And I want to, but I can't. I may be too close to it. I may be just too in love. Or it could just be I, a fucking impeccable piece of fiction. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm right there, too. This is... I've said this like four times, but this is the first graphic novel that I've ever read. And it was fantastic. Like, I really liked it. I feel like I'm still living in that high because I just finished it today. Yeah. So I don't, I haven't had a lot of time to like ruminate and think if there's anything that I disliked about it. But like, while I was reading it, I didn't stop and think like, ew, gross. I mean, well, when the dragon is like sucking his own cock, that's like kind of <laughs> icky. But like, other than that, <laughs> I will say, I will say that that um, Brian kills the fuck out of his darlings as a writer. Like he just whacks them left and right. You love someone, bye. Say goodbye to them. Oh yeah. Um, no one is safe. <laughs> no one is safe. Like his, uh, I think it was his, one of his first, his like most popular at the time. Um, comic series why the last man it's about the last man on earth um there's a plague or something happens where all of the men on the planet die um and they don't know why but for some reason he survived and um he's like this fucking 22 year old kid um and uh here comes a spoiler the his his love interest at the end just Bye. Oh no. She just fucking just like done. She's whacked in like the last chapter. And I mean like another spoiler alert. Here comes a the only fucking black character. It was me. He killed me. Oh no. Essentially. <laughs> um uh, oh, no. <laughs> and it was just like what the fuck, Brian? What the fuck? And so I, I think that is one thing that, like, makes me upset. And, I mean, it makes it more compelling. But as a reader, like, uh, he really makes you work for that happy ending. <laughs> he really yeah. makes you work for it. I, feel, I, wanna, I want spoilers now, please. Here comes a spoiler. So don't be mad. We've warned you. You've only got yourself to blame if you keep on listening and learn some things that you really don't want to know. If so, then go.
Yes, go ahead. Uh, Speak freely. Yeah. So, I love Marco. He is... He is the wettest of my wet dreams of a character. He is just... Just slippery. Okay. Oh, my God. And so, you can imagine... Fallon's heartbreak on that last fucking page. <laughs> I know. So sad. I cannot so sad. believe. So I think when he took Marco away, that was like, oh man, what do you mean? I have to read more book without Marco. Like what do you get? What do you got next? I think you should just stop here because I don't really, you know, <laughs> who else are you gonna take? I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything bad, anything critical. Okay, to how say. how many bookmarks out of five bookmarks would you give this novel? I, I mean, I would give it six. Out of five, um, yeah, Absolutely. I would give it. I would give it that. Like I, I love this. Like I, I don't know if I love it more than a Court of Mist and Fury. I don't know. <laughs> but like, I, you don't have to compare them. You don't. You don't have to choose. I won't make you choose. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, at I least never do that to you. five out of five. At least, like, I, yeah. Ugh. I think it was a five out of five too. I really loved it, and it has inspired me to read other graphic novels. Me too. And books that inspire me to keep reading are like always five out of five. Yeah. So, yeah, five out of five. And I would love to like recommend it to other people and have them read it and share it with us because like it's great. And I, I feel like there's there's so much I don't even know what to say. It's about a lot. it other than like I loved it. This is an incredibly complex story with dozens of characters um, and they're all lovable. There are like three storylines surrounding the um, you know one with Alana, the main one with Alana and Marco because either people are trying to kill them or trying to protect them. Um, and you just uh, like I couldn't recommend it more even if you're not like a comics person like it doesn't it doesn't feel like comic it doesn't feel like your traditional like dc superhero comic this is like entirely a world a universe of its own um so if mm -hmm. you like a good story if you like laughing if you like sex if you like um action if you like romance and comedy and but like also friendship and deeply personal and profound human experiences and you like all of that together i mean it has everything it could provide me with nothing more i don't i don't think it could you couldn't do anything else like i <sighs> i mean what a boring episode this is when you only have good things to say about a book good things to say. <laughs> <laughs> fuck i'm so sorry that's okay it's probably a nice change of pace because we shit on everything else so we literally just we just shit on everything yeah. so it's like it's nice to have something to love <laughs> like i could find something wrong probably about a court of mist and fury like i'm sure i could find like if i if i tried i could find something to be like really nitpicky <laughs> i cannot 
I, there was nothing I could say bad about about this comic series. Like, <sighs> I think they like this. This is like your specific uh, brand of humor. Too. Yeah, like it just it suits your personality so well. Um, like reading it, I kept thinking about you. So I think this is just like tailor made for you. Thank you. You know how I, I saw I found out about this book. I was How? walking downtown Corvallis, and they had posted an issue of Saga in the window of the book bin, and I saw it was a image. It was a painting of Marco, like slicing into, like like hacking his sword down onto to something with feathers. I realize now it was a winged person, um, and mm-hmm. like blood was like splashed over his face like the viscera was splashed over his face but it was like so striking and beautiful and I like stopped in the middle of the sidewalk and I was like (laughs) what the fuck is that and Casper was like oh yeah I've heard about that I heard it's really good and I was like shut up Casper you don't know anything um and then like a week (laughs) later I looked for it again or I, I looked up Saga and I saw it and I saw how many good reviews and then I saw that like it was a mixed couple and then I saw like Lying Cat, and then I saw all of the things, and so I, I rented it from the library, and it was, it was life-changing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was really special for me because it, it really does feel, I mean, it hits, it checks all of my boxes, and that's really rare. Yeah. You know, when something feels like it's like tailor-made for you. Um, yes. And I know I'm not alone, but I do feel special when I read it. I feel, like, so seen and understood. Ah, to be known, you know? <laughs> that makes me feel so good that you've found something like this and that you've got to, you shared it with me. I'm so glad that you did. I'm so glad that I got to read it, too, because I wouldn't have found out about it if you hadn't. Well, I mean, maybe, probably would have found out about it eventually, but it was, like, nice to read it now. I mean, I, <laughs> I've, been, I've been sad this week. I've been going through a lot of stuff, and this was, like, really wonderful to like pick up and come back to even amidst all the crazy that's like happening in in my world right now like it was so nice Mm. to get to be a part of this one so thank you for sharing this with me thank you for sharing it with me it's so nice to share with someone like literally I don't have anyone else to share it with like I own it now so I think maybe Casper will read it at some point in the future yeah Braid wants to read this too Um, but like it it is it's a treat and an honor to be able to share something so special so I'm really glad that you like it I'm so glad that you don't hate it I mean we'd have to break up I I don't know how we would have overcome (laughs) no I don't hate it I don't hate it at all (laughs) you don't and I got over my hatred of space I mean just for this and that's all I just for this thank you I still hate space I'm not interested in going but I I did like it in this specific context and I mean like yeah they're traversing space there's definitely space is you know they're in space for sure but they also like spend most of the time like all the action and shit happens on planets so you're, you're pretty grounded for the most part except for when you know people get thrown out of the airlock but that was just one thing you know just one or they run into a fucking time suck oh yeah i forgot about all that stuff yeah yeah there's a lot of space in it so i really appreciate you um wading the waters of space or there's like planets that are wiped out by the time suck and you have to watch beautiful beloved characters just like slip into like black mud right (laughs) poor curtie 
Oh, R.I.P. Little meerkats. The meerkats. <laughs> I love that he's Hazel's first kiss. I know. Oh, so good. <laughs> I love um I love when Squire and Hazel they're like fighting. And uh Squire's like, You look stupid with that or something. He's like, You look stupid with your with your missing tooth. Oh, you look stupid with a missing tooth. And Hazel goes, you look stupid without a mouth. <laughs> and she says, the whole book is narrated by Hazel. Um, and uh, she goes, it's a, it's a shame that kids today are, are always on their phones, like talking through phones, because um, saying something mean to someone's face really lets you know if, if you have what it takes to be a killer or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like, man, man, oh, man. I don't know. It hit hit different hit diffy yeah there's also like a part of this book i'm trying to find it oh i did i found it right now that i was like wow how profound like that was like intense um it's yeah it's right when when little meerkat boy dies mm-hmm. and hazel is like talking about like potential energy like when you meet someone but you don't get to spend enough time with them mm. and then you're like always wondering like what might have been um, because you had like this potential future with that person that you never got to explore. Yeah. And then she says, like, one moment the universe presents you with this amazing opportunity for new possibilities, and then, and then it's just three pages of black, of black, nothing. <sighs> um, and I just kind of sat there for a moment. I was like, oof. Yeah. Like that ugh. shit hit different. And that was yeah. that was a single like that was the end of an issue. So you we would have yeah. had to wait. You know, until whatever next <gasps> month, and you're I'm just so glad that I got that. to read it all. Oh once. my god, I know it's gonna be miserable when things start coming out again. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. That's fucking it. That's it. That's all we got. We love That's you guys. It. Thank you for listening to Fantasy Time. Follow us on Instagram. Maybe send us some DMs uh, at <laughs> Fantasy Time Podcast. And or send us an email. Any inquiries, anything you want to talk about, email us at fantasytimepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any uh, suggestions for graphic novels that we should read, I'm really interested in reading more graphic novels. So please tell us what ones you like because I would like to read them too. Yes, please. We're in the market. We're looking. We're ready to mingle. We're excited. We're ready to love again. I told And mature graphic is, uh, stuff is encouraged. Yes. Content, mature content, uh, that's what we're looking for. Yeah, so. like dicks or bust, you know. That's kind of how <laughs> I'm feeling about it. If there ain't I need, dicks, I don't want it. I need to see at least two buttholes at least two (laughs) minimum we're talking about actual buttholes not even cheeks okay because two cheeks would just be one butt we're looking for anuses specifically the hole that that anus that's what i'm looking for the the what is it called sphincter your sphincter that's what i want i want to see schwink we don't want to see your schwink. We want to see want tastefully to see illustrated schwink. I want to see artistic schwink. <laughs> or bust. <laughs> we should stop. Yeah, we should be done. Okay, bye. Love you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye. We're looking for anuses. I'm-
specifically the hole that that anus that's what i'm looking oh my for God. the the what is it called sphincter your sphincter that's what i want i want to see sphinx <laughs> 